head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot. And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 227 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, a.k.a. Shawnee Podcast, a.k.a. Podcod, a- Podcod? Podgod, a.k.a. Shawnee Manflu, as I'm fucking dying with the flu today. But however, we will get on... Podcod and chips. Podcod and chips. We get through a great you know. Some people, some people, they get you know they they get sick and they you know they pull out or they get an eye poke and they pull out of the fight. I, I'm dying. My 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 throat, my voice, my nose, my my. Some just come on and moan and my, moan and moan. <laughs> my ability to produce podcasts. That's that's my game. That's you know that's my fight and I'm here and I'm fighting through it. I'm getting through it, Graham. Uh, how how much praise do I deserve for being here, not sitting this one out and getting through it? Pretty much zero. <laughs> How dare you? The people want well, Shawnee podcast. You, you needed you need you needed a strepsil and a lemsip, and you. I didn't have a lemsip. Get, no. get over it. I didn't have a lemsip. Do, do you like I didn't how? Say, uh, I didn't say you needed it. I did need it. Yeah. Do you like how the pod god moniker has taken off in the last week? Well, like three people have, have tweeted in, about it. No, in fairness, like I'd say at, <laughs> at least at least like fifteen people have taken up. Hashtag pod god in 15 world, world hashtag world domination. They, they've taken it to their hearts. They're, they're, I won the hearts and minds of the people with the hashtag oh, pod god 15 people. Philip O'Connor got a chain print and everything. It's it's taken off world domination. Shawnee Manflu might take off this week as well, but hopefully that doesn't stay around. How many of the how many of the 15 do you think are taking the piss out of you? Like 14 at least half. Speaking of taking the is let's talk about this uh this card from last night in the ufc and I, before we get to the main event because that was unbelievable i want to talk about uh, i want to talk about mikel Pereira because i feel like this your boy i love mikel Pereira so much but this is something and it's funny because we've you know we did the sakuraba rewatch if you if you're not signed up on patreon sign up patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast a few people have said they love that sakuraba um career retrospective i love doing it as well and i think you did as well you know it was it was just absolutely brilliant but doing that and doing the Bass Rooting one as well. You know, we watched a lot of fights and a lot of mad fighters and mad fights and stuff. And that's that's what the history of MMA is. And MMA has progressed an awful lot. And we've come to have fighters like Demetrius Johnson, who's excellent. You know, Henry Cejudo, an Olympic gold medalist. John Jones, one of the most technical fighters of all time. You know, Steve Miocic, Daniel Cormier, Habib Nurmagomedov, Conor McGregor. All these great, brilliant technical fighters, brilliant athletes. But MMA is still MMA, and there's still a place for madness. You know, there's still a place for uh, crazy horse bit. There's still a place for you know <laughs> this insanity in MMA, and Mikel Pereira brings that. You know, we have to remember that MMA. At the end of the day, it's a fun sport as well. We all got into MMA because we loved watching it. We love the excitement it brings. And like, okay, you might love the excitement of an Adesanya versus um, Kelvin Gastelum, which is one of the greatest fights of all time and a beautiful technical fight. And I love that too. But you love it because it's technical and because it's brilliant and because it's exciting. And I love just the exciting part as well. I love just the technical part as well. 
you know, we talked last week about Habib and people were saying that he's boring and stuff. And I, I, you know, I love that his ability to just destroy lads on the ground and his technique and his brilliance there. You can enjoy that by itself and it might not be the most exciting thing in the world. But I think you can also enjoy the excitement. Like Gilbert Melinda's versus uh, Diego Sanchez, one of the greatest fights of all time. Not- well, you can, you can enjoy fights for different reasons. Like you can enjoy, like, for example, like a, a Diego Sanchez or a Lenny Garcia mm. fight just because it's a bit mad, like, and it's a, it's a, it's a slobber knocker, as they say, but... You can also enjoy, like, a, uh, for example, people may think, as you mentioned, to be is boring, but people, you like seeing the very, very top level guys and seeing uh, how the matchups between other top level guys come up and see if anybody can stop them and w- w- what holes people can expose in his game. And it's just a different way of watching it for me. Like, you know, obviously, there's some, there's some fun fights where you, like, it's, yesterday, Justin Gaethje, always look forward to a Justin Gaethje fight. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's, it's kind of, different than than watching maybe a demetrius johnson fight for example you know you i watch it with a different kind of mindset a hundred percent i agree but like i think people can't get too serious about mma either we there's a tendency to do that these days and people kind of give themselves up maybe as newer fans when when they do that because i think the older fans were actually like i was kind of like that as well back in there i was like you know we we this sport is thriving for legitimacy we need to get there yeah. but I, my mindset sure, has you, you, changed. yeah your mindset does change like over time like remember you like had no interest in like regional mma irish mma mm-hmm. as a start like you were like i oh, know like you know you'll see or nothing kind of yeah. like a lot of people and now as you start covering the sport and taking it more seriously and following these guys stories um and just become kind of more your mind's more um more able to to figure out what's happening and and understand the game more and mm-hmm. you know uh that takes time like it's, it's a very complicated sport like uh, there's a lot of things going on and at the start like for for most people they, they don't really like the ground game Mm-hmm. mainly because they don't know what's going on but a lot of them people didn't, like a lot of my friends who didn't like the ground game ended up doing jiu-jitsu for like years and stuff you know ended up getting real into it like so it, you know um, maybe the, the, the initial reason people come in uh, ends up not being the reason why they, they stick around in, in, as a fan of MMA yeah and even like me you know you said I was in kind of entire I, I kind of wasn't because I was like I took it very seriously the way I talked about the UFC and stuff and I had been watching it for years and years and years before I would ever like do a podcast or write anything on or anything because I hated like and I still hate it when people just come in and start writing and act like they know everything about it when they've been watching it for six months and stuff and I felt like I was that way people, with Irish people who write like history, history pieces yeah, <laughs> after yeah, like yeah. second article with and mate. even us like or, the... and just some mad opinion piece as their first article yeah, ever yeah, like, Matt, mate. Like, nobody cares nobody cares yet, yeah. Like, yeah that's it and even like us doing the Sakuraba thing last week when we weren't there journeying it we, you know, we, we said uh, you know people on Patreon will know but we kind of said that in the podcast as well that we're watching it from our eyes today and fans looking back at it rather than fans at the time who would understand it a little bit better or a little bit differently in fact but me with Irish I'm, like I read all of Pete's articles I looked at all of Andrew's uh, uh, interviews and your interviews and different people's interviews and like doing the podcast with Andrew he used to always talk about it and you know I over the years I kind of learned more about it and obviously Irish MMA is kind of different now with all the Bellator stuff and stuff and that's why I've kind of changed but I think people and it's our kind of responsibility as well I suppose to uh, and I think uh, with the Irish MMA thing, I think uh, like um, the cage contender 14 where Roddy beat Googerty and people knew who Googerty was. You know, he'd fought in the UFC 100. He'd, mm-hmm. he'd got wins in the UFC. He, he was a 
you know, a, a known guy. Mm-hmm. And UFC veterans used to be the kind of the benchmark. You know, you'd, maybe a UFC veteran you'd be fighting would be like a Ross Pointon, a guy who's like, you know, never won in the UFC or won once in the UFC and yeah. has a bad record or somebody like that. And they were the guys. But then that was a big step up. And uh, obviously, uh, we made a documentary uh, about that. And the fight was like so close. And uh was like you know had the moment where Roddy was in the the rear naked choke and he fought it. It just showed that that these Irish guys can hang mm-hmm. with with guys in the UFC, actual guys who you know legitimately won fights impressively in the UFC. Yeah, and I suppose that the, it kind of the, yeah it legitimized <laughs> the whole thing. It, it it did make people people who kind of think ah these Irish guys are true. They're, they're way true. below. They think oh maybe they can hang. Mm-hmm. That's true, and Owen Roddy is a lot to praise today for that. I mean, you know, Owen Roddy as a career retrospective mightn't be a bad one either, you know. But I suppose that's a podcast from another day. But on the, the whole, well, there's actually a good video yeah. uh, myself and Gav made a few years ago. We went to Roddy's yeah, house and sat down and watched a few of his fights back with him, and uh, just talked to him about his career. And I, I was very happy with that that little video piece. Yeah, it's very good. I always like that as well. But on, on Michael Pereira, well, the, uh, the original Rowdy. If anybody wants to. Yeah. To go back to try and shade it around the rosy folks eh? uh, uh rowdy roddy pepper and, Be- and beck rawlings as well. he says in it though he says that she probably batter me in fairness <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, uh, yeah but sure look um but on michael Pereira, as i was saying like um, we kind of got madly off track there but you know uh, when i was saying that our responsibility i think our responsibility is to to describe what mma is in its totality now every week if you're listening to this podcast you hear me and graham coming on here and we're, we're talking about this technique and we'll talk about it with Gaethje you know people talk mad about Gaethje and his game planning and stuff but the technique he used to win that fight the other night or last night whatever it was was exceptional and we talk about that every week but there's a hundred percent a place for Mikel Pereira in MMA there has been in the past there will be in the future there needs to be in the future because we need this in MMA it's so exciting like you look at the undercard last night right and there were some good fighters in it Miles John beat Cole Smith Anyone listen to this? Can you remember that fight? I'm sure you remember bits of it. You know, do you want to see Miles John again? Hmm, maybe. Do you want to see Hunter Azor again? Do you want to see Austin Hubbard again? Answer all those questions. Do you want to see Mikel Pereira again? I think everyone would say yes. Everyone. And that's what we need in MMA. We need people who are excited to see. We're excited to tune in early, maybe to watch him on the prelims, or you know, he's the third fight from the top, and it's a really exciting fight. You know, it was funny. My my niece and nephew were here today, and I goes, "I'll put on this mad stuff for you." And I, every time I put on a fight from there, like, "Oh, turn off that shit!" But they were enthralled by it. Watching it, it's like, "Ah, oh, he's mad!" You know, he's insane. He should be in WWE. It's it's that excitement you need. People absolutely love that. I absolutely love it. And I feel like if you don't love it. You need to start loving it. You need to embrace it. There's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. And this fight was the antithesis of of, <laughs> of just why why people hate it. Like it's because what did Tristan Connolly do? He went out and he proved that if you're a hard nosed, hard bastard who doesn't give a shit about this style, you can go out and beat it. And that's what he did. And that's what he and he was fucking brilliant. Tristan Gunn, he just went forward, went at Mikel Pereira, told him to come on with his fancy shit, outworked him, lasted through the first round, beat him in the second round, beat him in the third round, and won the fight. Abs- this is brilliant, like this this is what MMA is you can have that mad insanity but if it doesn't work a guy with good technique who can take those shots who can go forward who can be brave who can come in on five fucking days notice and take on that insane guy and beat him like I don't know how you can love that this this fight like this was like an inspiring fight too. I loved this fight so much everything about it from not not just make it what was your side. favorite part of it what was your favorite moment in it 
Um, the takedown for Michael Brown. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. It was just, it was all mad. Like the when when he took uh, Connolly down and then he got back up and then he did the backflip and just landed on top yeah. of him. Like it was just, it was brilliant. What was your favorite part? Yeah, that was definitely my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> it was excellent. It was so good. There was some weird shit going on in the flips going on in the UFC last night. Yeah. Some fucking cartwheels and shit. Um, I suppose we better move on from that fight because we spent like. But um, one last thing, he missed weight as well. And did you see Daniel mm-hmm. Cormier giving him nothing but shit? And I'm like, Daniel, aren't you the lad who held the towel for like you know to, to make weight? You're no one to be It wasn't even close as well. Yeah, it was like <laughs> three and a half pounds. Well, Michael Pereira missed it by one pound. Like, and fair enough. Look, and what do you think about the, these people saying as well? Michael Pereira needs to change his style up. What, do you agree with that? Or? <laughs> Um, well, like, I don't think he's ever going to be like a champion or a top contender anyway. So I don't think like I think if you want to stick around, Dana's known for for liking these guys and keeping them keeping them around and putting them in exciting fights and you know these whatever fifty grand bonuses that are are available on fight nights are probably a lot not a lot more but a little bit more than most guys pay and probably Pereira's pay. So mm-hmm. I don't see him changing it. And, uh, and yeah. like unless he has ambitions to be like a, he probably does have ambitions but realistic ambitions to be a champion then I don't see why he would yeah Tristan Connolly got 100 grand last he's night a prize, yeah he's a prize fighter like mm-hmm. you know um, and these bonuses definitely definitely help like. they do yeah like look at Cowboy Cerrone I remember I went through his pay once and like he got hundreds of thousands in bonuses alone Gaethje already yeah. Gaethje already is raking in a couple hundred thousand mm-hmm. more in, in bonuses alone yeah and people you know people were tweeting me last night saying oh well if he wants to be a champion if he wants longevity in the UFC he needs to change his game no he doesn't like he, he doesn't well yeah they're right if he does want to be a champion well, he probably is better off yeah, but, but like the chances of that happening I think are, are minuscule I don't think he'd be Either as good if whatever, he stopped doing it, like, yeah. you know he could change he could definitely adjust it like his first fight he did a little bit differently he came out and he threw a couple of things early like he went a bit mad last night in fairness and I absolutely love it I hope he does it every time he fights but you know he can do it maybe two or three times in a round rather than doing it all the time in the, yeah the if, 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 if they're saying like you know obviously doing these mad flips and stuff like uh, all the time like it's great to watch but it's not effective that yeah, effective in right. terms of the output you, you the energy and stuff but just, you know when, when, the, when the guy you're fighting thinks you're you're a crazy mad bastard as well and maybe puts a bit of oh, i don't know what's about, what's going to happen here like you know um pettis had that before where you guys kind of just he had so many things he could throw at you and things you, you wouldn't even think about yeah yeah it is true and I, look i hope he never changes because we need that excitement in the ufc i really hope he never changes but however uh justin getchy versus donald Cerrone in the main event um I think this fight, I, I don't think it exactly went the way I was expecting. I expected to get you to, to knock Cowboy out. I didn't maybe think it would be this early. And maybe sometimes we forget how Justin Gaethje has changed over his last couple of fights and become a way more intelligent fighter. And to me, this was his most intelligent performance ever. It was it was brilliant. like Because... What Gaethje did in this fight, you know, we we always talk about Gaethje and his forward motion and his, you know, his, his the American zombie kind of going forward taking all these shots, but this time he didn't because you know I talked about it last week. What we were expecting, you know, Cowboy Cowboy Cerrone is longer than we expected him to use his jab, maybe use his angles. Um, Gaethje's a very forward and back sort of fighter, um, but he stood outside of a lint with Cowboy all night basically and he forced cowboy to come on to him because if he was coming in he knew the cowboy was going to throw that jab and maybe hurt him you know knock him back a few times it's happened in in past fights of gaethje so what he did was he took away the jab he kicked from the outside 
and Cowboy really didn't want to get into a kicking match with him because we know how good Justin Gaethje's leg kicks are. So that forced Cowboy to come onto him because if he didn't come onto him, all he was doing was eating leg kicks. So every time he came onto him, Gaethje met him in the middle with big hooks and got him into that war. And he, f- it's funny because you know Justin Gaethje a lot of times in the past and you know even even in recent fights he he does it the odd time you know a good bit of time as well. He goes forward and forces you into the war. He cuts off the cage and forces you into the war. But now he's forced forcing you to come in to the war you know he's forcing you to go at him and bring the war rather than him going at you and bringing the war so like it's he's like done a jedi mind trick on people like he's just stand back and like no 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 no. you come to me and they're like oh he's not coming at me i'm gonna win this fight and you come forward and bang 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 war in the middle he's landing these big hooks brilliant by justin gaethje wasn't it from the very start were, were you very impressed with him as i was yeah well like i, I kind of talked about it on the podcast i think last week uh, I, I did think he was going to put away Cerrone, but I thought it would be. I thought it would go longer. I thought Cerrone would would pose a few more problems. Well, obviously, is uh, <laughs> like a broken record talking about his uh, his lack of head movement and his his boxing defense. But uh, yeah, I, uh, he he really just got dominated. Uh, obviously, the leg kicks are, are something Cerrone likes to use as well. But Gaethje's a lot better at leg kicks and I think he throws harder and he he, he throws with more um more venom than mm-hmm. than Cerrone and uh Cerrone's just forever got this problem of of being too easy to hit and uh, if, if it, I always say this but if it doesn't start well for him you just know it's it's it's, it's not going to end well for him and about 30 seconds into that fight you kind of knew uh, it wasn't uh, Cerrone wasn't winning it mm-hmm. yeah Look, Cerrone's a very, very good fighter, but I agree with you. Yeah, if it doesn't go well for him, it you know it, it quickly goes downhill. Um, but I love Cerrone as well because he comes and he brings the fight, and you know he will go in and chase Gaethje around and you know get knocked out or go in and have an extremely exciting fight with with Tony Ferguson and loads of other people. He's one of those guys as well. There's definitely a place for Cowboy. You know, he's never going to be a champion. He fought for a championship once, and you know got relatively close, but he you know. He's just this exciting fighter that fights every few weeks and we all love him and he's an absolutely brilliant fighter for that. But, you know, the problem as well, I think, with Cowboy is you can't give him too many of these fights because if he loses too many in a row, that, that you know, that'll go a little bit from him because, you know, if, if you're talking about Pereira, you know, he can, you know, lose loads and he'll still be really exciting and it's madness and it's a spectacle. But Cowboy always had the kind of, maybe not the illusion, he's definitely a very, very good fighter, but he had that, I'm around the top, I'm around the top five, one of the best fighters in the world and I can do this and still remain that. Um, but I think, you know, he needs to keep winning to do that as well. But for, for Gaethje, look, the, the finish as well, I have to talk about that because that was, it was brilliant because he he did exactly what he did. If you watch the first um, maybe 45 seconds of the fight, the first kind of combination of hooks he landed were the exact same almost as the finish because he, he Cowboy chased him in because Gaethje was standing back and Gaethje landed a lovely left hook. Then the right hook hurt him. Uh, Cowboy got up and Gaethje landed two lovely uppercuts and after that, the finishing blow was the right hook over the top. And this is... This is what separates 
the good fighters from the great fighters. Just that one right hook at the, at the very end after the two uppercuts. Because he was hitting him, he had the kind of the collar tie over his, uh, with his left hand over his head, the, the kind of the Mai Tai clinch with one hand. And he hit him with the two uppercuts. And lots of guys would have kept hitting the uppercuts or maybe let the, the guy clinch him or the, you know, the opponent would have clinched him or gone, you know, gone to the body lock and survived. But Gechi changed. He saw Cowboy's head was wide open at the, at Cowboy's left hand side. He changed to the, uh, to the right hook uh, in the clinch and he knocked him down with that and basically knocked him out just a spectacular spectacular knock on and then what came after that was the refereeing what did, what did you think of that stoppage uh, uh yeah um it was it was a little bit late it looked like he was he was coming in and then he changed his mind and um gaichi was was clearly of, of the mind that it, he was done or that Cerrone was done and it looked that way but it was a little bit late, but I, I don't think I, I think you, you you thought it was worse than me from what you were saying on Twitter. Yeah, the, I wouldn't mind if he'd let Cowboy just take an extra couple of shots. I think it would have been late, but the fact he came in almost stopped it. Let Gage hit him again, almost stopped yeah, it, it again. Yeah, makes it look so much worse. The indecision. He's just a shit referee, like Jaron Vanell. Every time we see him ref, he's horrendous. He should not be. Al- he should be allowed. Definitely yeah, why, why, why is he? Why is he? Why is he the ref in the main event? Why not just Jason Herzog? Jason Herzog is there. Uh, like, did, what is you know who who I don't know. I don't. What has Jason Herzog done to people? Like, because I suppose they have to give they have to give these guys uh, experience in main events. I suppose, but this guy, you know, he hasn't sh- really shown. Like, it took, took Jason Herzog a long time to get a UFC main event. Like, mm-hmm. and he was more than ready by the time he got it. This guy got there quick and was like, you know, obviously anybody can make a mistake and whatever. But it looks bad when when you're 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 unsure of what to do and. Your, your the indecision and the the fighter doesn't gauge you shouting at you like you know, you know stop like come on yeah it was... but it, 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 in fairness like it wasn't like terrible like it, we've seen a lot worse like but it, it just looks really bad with the hesitation yeah I, I, like the worst part for me is why isn't Herzog doing it like when he is there like every time they had a big John there or a Goddard or a you know Herb in the day well, Herb isn't good anymore but they, they had them doing the main event like you have the best refs do the best the, you know the best fight do the biggest fight the one that means the most the one that the people most people are watching and that's Herzog that is the man like I think most people re- you know realize now how good Herzog is that he's up there I think with Goddard at the moment with Big John Gunn now is the best referee in the world I I I have Herzog personally as number one I think he's I think Herzog's fantastic. better yeah. yeah and it's, it's I think he doesn't have an ego he doesn't seem to like mm-hmm. he just does it plays it as he sees it and just calls it like and there's no bullshit like and he's extremely rare and I think I, I think I've mentioned once a slight mistake ever yeah yeah and it was only a very slight mistake i think i disagree with you on that but yeah he's look he's a he's a fantastic ref but how whenever will you know we could talk about that all day i suppose what do you think about uh justin gaethje next a lot of people are calling for a conor mcgregor fight do you like that one yeah i do like that fight i was surprised that gaethje didn't uh didn't go for it in the because he'd been talking before uh, connor said to ariel that it uh basically nearly been done before mm-hmm. that fight before uh, the injury to connor so uh, yeah, I think it makes sense, and I was surprised that Gaethje kind of played it down in the post fight interview. I, I know Cerrone kind of ruined his post fight interview, but he did have a chance at the end to kind of. It was teed up by by Cormier, the Irishman, or the Russian, and the Russians obviously, or the Russian um, Habib is, uh, you know, Gaethje's unlikely to be next for Habib just because of Ferguson and the money that they could put, make if they wanted to put McGregor back in there. I don't think, I don't think Gagey's, they're going to be 
you know, scrambling to make that fight. So I thought Gaethje was going to call out Connor and was kind of disappointed that he didn't. Yeah. Look, I I think if Gaethje was smart, he probably would have called out Connor. You know, Gaethje is the type of fellow who will win. He'll fight anyone. I don't think, he, you know, he's not the calling out type, really. Um, I'm sure he'd love to fight McGregor. He'd love to get all that money. But, but he didn't he call him out on Twitter, yeah, basically. Yeah, but yeah, he, he likes... I don't know. I don't think he's like the intelligent call out kind of guy. Do you know if you know what I mean? He's like he sees Conor McGregor talking. He'll he'll tweet him he's like you're a fucking idiot or you know whatever. I I'm gonna I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. You know I I don't think he's someone who thinks about it beforehand, has a name ready and calls him out. He just goes in and he has like brilliant, exciting fights. Uh, and I I'd absolutely love to see that fight. But I can't come on here after talking last week and say I I want to see Gaethje versus uh, versus McGregor next. I, I and I would want to see it personally. I'd love to see that fight, but. If like if you're Conor McGregor, I think you need to be more intelligent about it. If you're going in there straight away in a fight against Justin Gaethje, I don't think that's the the right thing to do. You know, if you want to go in and you, you want to get back to being the Conor McGregor we saw against Eddie Alvarez, I don't think Justin Gaethje's the fight. I don't think Khabib is the fight. I don't think Tony Ferguson is the fight. I think you need one warm up fight. Like you look, you look at um a Tyson Fury coming in and he's probably had five warm up fights. You know he had the he had a couple and then he had the Deontay Wilder fight and he's having a couple more now. But that's not going to happen in MMA. But I think one you need one if you want. Like if you want to come back and you just want to earn money, sure, go in there and fight Habib. Go in and fight Justin Gaethje. Um, and, you know you might win one of those fights. You might win you know two of those fights. But I I I don't think it's likely to be honest. I. I I think if you're McGregor you and you're serious about coming back and being the best fighter you've ever been, you need to take it more slowly than that. You you need to spend a year getting back rather than going into a, you know a three month camp and having a big unbelievable tough fight. Uh, and well, I, think, I see I, I see people yeah. saying oh Cerrone's coming off a loss, McGregor's coming off a loss. Yeah, but that I, I think, was talking about fight what uh, a little over a year ago was it um, yeah a year ago there was talking about fight um uh, definitely like you know Cerrone's definitely a known quantity uh people who were casual fans know of him and have seen him and uh, he's known as an exciting fighter and uh it probably would be you know uh easy to promote with all the the, the previous between the two of them uh, over the years and uh probably make a lot of money so yeah i could see that happening i could see i could see gaethje happening as well because they tried to put it together before so uh, uh mm, the diaz fight i think is is one for the future that they won't they won't go to now uh, obviously diaz is fighting masvidal so yeah. maybe Cerrone does make sense but I, I, I do I do really want to see the Gaethje fight I really want to really. see the Gaethje fight as well but you know, from my personal point of view I'd love to see that fight next but if you're looking at it from Conor McGregor's point of view and what's best for his future career if he wants to get back and that's a big if if he can get back if he's serious about getting back do you think he needs a big big fight though something a no. challenge to actually motivate him properly uh, or do you think if he goes maybe. in there thinking ah this is a tune up this is a warm up but that it's it's not as beneficial as you, as you, maybe you're, you're you're thinking. I don't know. I honestly don't because you know why, and you know better this better than anyone. Conor McGregor is a great man at motivating himself and finding ways to motivate himself, and his motivation right now should be 
fellas like me saying I don't think he can get back to his best people are saying oh his prime was him against Eddie Alvarez saying he'll never be the same fighter again that should be his motivation and his motivation some fat prick in Limerick talking trash <laughs> exactly, on the podcast exactly <laughs> and that's the sort of thing that would motivate him in, in the past it would and like I, I think he can do it he can back into it but will he do it like does he have that motivation can he find that motivation you know is is the 100 million he has in the bank enough for him does he want it like maybe he doesn't want it anymore maybe, you know maybe he wants to go in and have one big fight with Habib and you know that's it he, you know he doesn't he's not really motivated to be the best fighter in the world anymore and that could be it and I wouldn't you know I wouldn't fault him for it but you know that that's the way it happens sometimes but if he wants to get back in and wants to be the best I think you need to take it slowly I need to uh, you know I really think you need someone like a Pettis a Frank Yeager maybe a Donald Cerrone a, you know a winnable fight if he goes in he loses that fight you know you've you're, you've maybe have to do yeah, the, the same thing fight, again the Edgar fight gonna make sense if you're gonna if you're gonna go, for, if you're gonna kind of tune up for a Habib fight, because you know, obviously, he said that himself Frankie's, as well in the Ariel interview. Frankie's wrestling is completely different, but it is like a, where you you will be preparing for a guy who's, you know, Frankie Edgar's way of winning that fight is to wrestle Connor. Uh, yeah. More than likely, that'll be his game plan. So that's probably a good warmer fight for him. But Frankie Edgar's, you know, talking talking one thirty five. So uh, obviously, he changes plans. He's always wanted to fight Connor. He said. Mm-hmm. He loved to fight Conor McGregor just so he could tell his grandkids that he that he fought Conor McGregor. So obviously he wants that fight, and it's, it'd probably be a big payday for him as well. And uh, he, he's a, he's a fighter who's been at the top and probably thinks he can win that fight, you know, as well. So uh, if he was offered it, I'd say he'd take it, especially especially now. He probably fancies his chances more than ever now. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Right, if Conor McGregor came out, did an interview right and said, I want a big fight, but I want it in Ireland. I want to work my way back. I want to win a big fight to get back to earn my title shot again. Do you think people would like that? Do you think people would respect that? You know, not a pay-per-view main event, just a big, you know, a main event in Ireland on a, on a big card. It's going to be huge. Do you think people would like that? I know I wouldn't earn him as much money. Well, yeah, probably, but I don't think the UFC would, would, would... Like, well, the UFC were talking... There was, I don't know, maybe they were going to put Conor in a co-main event. Would you say that to Ariel? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and there there was talks about that before, but yeah. So maybe that that seems very strange to me. Um, I I I would have thought that it would make sense that the UFC, if they'd be thinking, oh, we might not get that many more fights out of Connor, so we gotta make make hay while the sun shines, mm-hmm. make make the money while it's on the table. But maybe it's hard to know. An endeavor just doesn't seem to be much method to the to the madness. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, all right. I suppose we better talk about more about this card. <laughs> into like a quarter of an hour Conor McGregor uh, Justin Gaethje but yeah look at the end of the day I think we'd love to see McGregor Justin Gaethje but yeah and Gaethje uh, should have called him out as well he should have called him out yeah he said the Irish man was retired I'm right here I got the flu you know I, I'm bad but I'm not retired I'm right here Justin how dare you fake news banging um, on about the flu again fuck <laughs> it now, never ends um other than that, in the card, uh, Lois Molka had a fantastic knockout that most people in BT Sports missed as it, it, it happened just as BT Sport thing was starting, so that was a bit mad. Uh, Chaz Skelly looked good as well. He was a bit mad. He was flipping and going insane. Hunter Azor won. Miles Johns, Augusta Sakai got a big knockout. Uh, Misha Sorkinov got an unbelievable Peruvian necktie uh, against uh, against Jimmy Cruz, who you know a lot of people had had high hopes for. Um, Uriah Hall beat uh, Shufes Antonio Carlos Jr. once again proving that jiu-jitsu does not work in MMA um, a good win for him oh, yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. the Katona fight uh, I, uh, my stream was oh, my internet was awful uh, yesterday for some reason but uh, I saw a lot of people said had it for Katona but then 
Obviously, there was a scorecard of thirty twenty seven against them. Uh, did you did you see the the full uh, fight? Uh, I, yeah, I did. I tweeted afterwards that had like thirty twenty seven twenty nine twenty eight twenty seven thirty written all over. It was one of those fights that I think all the rounds across. Like I, I think you retweeted them. I said I thought Katona won round two, and Gravaka Hitman tweeted, yeah, "No way, that's funny." Win like you know, anybody who thinks that <laughs> yeah. is crazy, you know. <laughs> I think it, like, I, I no damage, think... no damage. <laughs> it's a bit like, oh, like... Just, just enough control. Uh, anybody who thinks that is crazy or something, you know. See, to, was funny. In those in the first, exact same moment, the tweets were like one second apart. Like. In those first two rounds, it was like Katona kind of got knocked down twice, but both of them were kind of, is this a real knockdown? And I think the first one, it kind of, it's weird because I think most people would probably disagree with me, but I think the first one, he looked like he was off balance, but I think he definitely got hit and knocked him down. Uh, it wasn't like a concussive knockdown or anything, you know. Um, but when not much is happening and it's uh, in terms of like uh, mm. dominance in either way, that does. That yeah. does. In, the, in the second round, he got hit and he kind of got knocked down, all right, but I feel like he did enough on the ground. He didn't, you know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe, you know, maybe I'm looking at it the, the wrong way, but, and I probably am, you know, but. I feel like he just landed enough shots on the ground. Maybe I'll watch it back again. I, I'd be wrong. But I, I thought his Zord just about did enough 29-28. But it was one of those ones that, you know, it could be 30-27 either way. Depending on how you look at it, it was just a razor, razor tight fight. And, you know, it was, it was unlucky, I suppose, for, for Katona. But I don't know. Like, he looks to me like a lad who's very small for Bantamweight. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe he can get down to, to 125. And, but maybe, you know, maybe not. You know, you know, John Kavanagh himself would probably be the better person to ask about that. But I just feel like sometimes in the fights he's a bit small and, you know, I, I don't know. But, you know, he's, he's a good wrestler and all you're that. You're always calling for people not to cut weight. I know, I am. People should cut weight. Yeah, no, I'm, so maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong on that. But anyway. Um, Fucking hypocrite. Terrible. Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> talked about the Tristan Connolly Mikel Pereira fight. Uh, talk about Tadoff in one second. Um, Glover Teixeira versus Nikita Krylov. You know, Glover Teixeira does what Glover Teixeira does. He went in there, got a takedown early. Krylov, I thought, did exceptionally well to kind of get up and um, get, you know, get past the, the wrestling for a bit and get on top himself. Um, but I thought he won that first round because he landed a few shots and stuff and Glover didn't do, really do much on the ground. I think the second was like the opposite because Glover was winning on the feet and then Krylov got a, got a takedown there, but I don't think he did much with it. The third was pretty much uneventful, but I think Glover Teixeira's effective grappling won him the fight. He had an armbar at one stage at two guillotines. Uh, I think they showed a, a graphic that said uh, Krylov landed eight strikes and Glover landed zero at, with about two minutes left in or less maybe even in, in the third round. Uh which shows you that stats mean absolutely fucking nothing in MMA because it effective grappling meant more than those eight strikes, a hundred percent. And I think they got the the right uh, thing there with Glover. Glover is he's such a good fighter, isn't he? I like I like watching Glover this year because people I feel he was he was an underdog in this fight. I couldn't believe it. I didn't realize till afterwards, but he was an underdog in this fight. Glover's Glover has to be one he's of the most. Always, he's fighters. always an underdog. I don't know. We we've talked about this for years. Yeah. His grappling, his wrestling, his, his striking is good. Uh, he comes in against these kind of middle of the road guys, and he's either it's a pick and fight or he's a slight favorite, slight underdog. It, always, it's it's strange. Maybe it's because he's old and he's been fighting for years. He's been the bookies have been expecting him to fall off a cliff, <laughs> but mm-hmm. he just hasn't. Yeah. Uh, I thought he won this fight pretty clearly. I thought he won every round. I thought the the second round was the closest. I thought the the first round was close as well, but I thought he won every round. Um, 
and I was when I went to split decision, I was surprised, but uh, obviously my stream was uh, as I mentioned all night. My stream was a bit dodge. How dare you, Graham? You should be dodgy. watching on BT Sports. But anyway, uh, right, Todd Duffy. I, I was actually watching on Sky Go BT Sport, but my internet was just oh, really? oh, diabolical. Enough. Fair enough. <coughs> it's handy now that BT Sports actually on Sky Go. Yeah, if you're in oh, Ireland, so much well, better. It's yeah, Ireland. it's fantastic. Because um, the stream is actually very good. Like, but usually, but just the, it was just the internet like was terrible for some reason. Thank God it's working today. Anyway, and we we kept going. Um, Todd Duffy, what did you think of that? Did you think he went full Czech Congo, or did you think it was? <laughs> yeah, even the ref was like, mate, like, come on, like the ref. <laughs> yeah. They should have put like a bubble of like, mate, like I know you're you haven't got double vision, like, mate, like I, I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear you say that five times. <laughs> he did, and he covered up his microphone. Mate, like, no, no, you have double vision, do you? You want to fight on, do you? You wouldn't even let him answer the question. He was like, please, just fucking, what are you doing, mate? Like, he barely touched you. He barely touched you, Todd. Like, I know you're tired and you're trying to pull your pants down, but like, come on. Yeah, it was. It was very. And the oddest thing about this was, at least with Congo last week when. And then, and then the, the doctor came in and he's like, oh, you're grand, you're grand. And, then, <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I'm not grand, I'm not grand. Yeah, he'll love two fingers and Todd Duffy's like, and he's like, oh, give us a few minutes and he's like, ah, but you're grand, like, yeah. your eye looks perfect. Like, and he gave him the time as the well. The was like, oh, which eye is it? Like, like both eyes are grand, like, I don't know, what's going on here? The weirdest thing about this is, right, Congo last week when he... He should have uh, put an eye patch on like this. <laughs> 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 like with Congo last week when he you know when he quit and I, I know he did like I'm just Ooh, being honest controversial I don't give a fuck and we'll talk about Todd Duffy more in a second um, he smearing was, the, 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 the good, good upstanding <laughs> on his name from Czech Congo <laughs> but at least Congo was losing that fight like I do the fucking same if I'm losing fuck he's giving uh, me Duffy was gassed though and he doesn't like uh, getting hit with punches so uh, uh, I think he, that was it like Jeff Hughes is not great like and he was I think he was win, won that fight pretty handily like he was dominating him and he almost knocked him out a couple of times he actually Todd Duffy did I don't think he did also no I took your man your man just reacted really strangely I think when he got hit I don't think he was ever like there was one stage where he went for takedown that he was a bit rocked but I don't think he was ever nearly out I feel like he was up in the base a little bit and, and Hughes was getting a bit tired Duffy took a few good shots which you don't really expect from Duffy I suppose but but he got kind of staggered a couple of times and, and one time he started backing away and he, he like you know he can he can dish it out but I don't think he can take it as well as he can dish it out and yeah. he obviously uh, spotted a I think he spotted an opportunity to get out of the fight and the ref wasn't trying to give it to him and the doctor wasn't trying to give it to him but he, he insisted yeah I feel like Duffy is one of those lads as well and you know we we joking a little bit here I suppose but he <sighs> He takes his health obviously very seriously and stuff, and he's had lots of injuries and stuff before. So I don't, you know, I wouldn't fault him too much for this. If he's, if he double vision, I look, he double vision, and he's right to pull out if he had double vision. It just, it, but it's yeah, a bit obviously odd. We'll never know, but uh, just it, it seemed like straight away that he, you know, I think he even screamed, did he? And it was. It was like a little uh, the replay. Okay, like it was a tiny eye poke, but we've seen a lot, lot worse. Yeah, and, we've seen worse, and and lads as well go. And I suppose wrongly, but if this happens, lads, and even if they do have double vision, they'll keep fighting anyway, just because they are fighters, and they, you know, they they'd rather fucking lose than go in a no contest and have eight weeks just for nothing in in camp, you know. And he's had a long time out and stuff, but. No, I don't fault him too much. I, I, I'd i be wrong of me to say this guy who got poked in the eye and, you know, Congo's a bit different because he didn't really get poked in the eye and he quit. But I think Duffy was a little bit different. He definitely got poked in the eye. Um, He probably could have fallen on, but, you know, not too bad. But what did you think of, uh, I don't know if you saw him, Duffy went on a bit of a tirade on the MMA media during the week saying that they're too harsh on people, which is probably right after the last five minutes. Um. 
I couldn't disagree with him more and it's not that I'm standing up for the MMA media I'm actually putting them down but the opposite way I think we're way too nice to fighters like I honestly do and I, I'm probably wrong as well I'm probably way too nice to fighters as well but I, we we need to be honest about stuff as well. Like, if we think Congo quit last week, we have to fucking say it. We can't, we can't pussyfoot around the fucking issue and say, oh, look, he got poked and we don't know what's that. Say our fucking opinion. You know, yeah, certain things wrong. you can't say. You can't say, oh, this guy's on drugs. If you yeah. don't have, like, you can't say something like that. But if you think, you can say, oh, I think this guy looked for a way out, like we were saying about Duffy, that mm-hmm. he, he insisted on not fighting on. That You just got to say what you think, yeah. And most people, Definitely. But most a lot of people guys don't do that. Like, most people don't do that. I honestly think they have media way too fucking soft on people they give you know easy questions to me and it's not it's hard to interview people i don't do it that often but even when i'm doing it, i find it hard you know it's, it's just it's a weird thing but when you're on a podcast and you're giving your opinion you're doing so if it's i've listened to podcasts and lads just oh well people don't want to hear like this guy beat this guy and it was a uh, armin guillotine at three minutes 31 of the uh, yeah there's 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 like, time no, for that you know there's a you can do a bit of that as well but if it's yeah, just, but, that, just that yeah oh, it's so fucking boring like it's but you like I honestly I really think like Dustin Poirier last week I'm sure lots of people on podcast afterwards they said about Poirier oh he was you know he was so sad afterwards and stuff and he came in he gave his best you know he almost finished him and stuff and yeah you can say that but if you don't go in and give your analysis like we did last week and say he fought a bad fight he did you know wrong things at the wrong time and he knew himself he'd done it as well so it's not just us saying it because that's why he was disappointed he wasn't just disappointed because he yeah, lost he, he, still had, he, he, could, he, he probably thinks I, I had my I, I had my chances and I, I if and if I fought again I'd have more chances because I'd fight smarter mm-hmm. 100% yeah but I, like I feel Duffy's uh, things were misguided I don't know who he's listening to maybe he's just listening to people who just shit on him all the time like I don't think people are talking about Todd Duffy with all due respect that, that often because he doesn't really fight that much well I think uh, obviously like when, when it's uh, you, for anybody like you know uh, for example in any sport like a, a soccer player like there could be a, a million or a thousand articles positive written about you and the, the one that's negative about you is the one you're going to remember or even even like you know you people might say a lot of nice things about documentaries you've made or videos you've made in the past or articles you know and a lot of people say great work or whatever and mm-hmm. some some somebody says something and that's you're more likely to remember some negative you're more likely to remember that yeah i used to be like that but i think i, I have adjusted just in that general bit, so, i mean yeah. yeah i don't give a shit like personally but no. <laughs> i think like, most people it, it feels like a lot of the fighters and stuff they they don't really change like uh, you know I'm online and I put up articles and I put up podcasts and I put up videos and you know read my timeline any day <laughs> read the comments on the submission radio p- podcast and people shit on me all the time and you have to deal with that if rightly, so. rightly so if you're putting yourself out there and you're giving your opinion you're doing a podcast you have to fucking expect it you know and if you don't get it d- you're doing yeah. something wrong because like yeah I think Irish people though are like we, for me and you for example we just like you know all our friends and family and we slag ourselves like mm-hmm. you know all the time it's just banter crack like you know it's not it's 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 not so it's not serious like or uh, even if it is it, it's just meaningless like mm-hmm. um it's just a bit of crack like basically but the other americans for example is it's it's you know um, it's much more serious and they, they they take themselves a lot more seriously and uh obviously 
I'm generalizing massively, but, but uh, I think Todd Duffy probably just takes himself a bit too seriously. Yeah, that is true. That's true. All right, let's uh, let's move on here. Uh, before we get to the KSW card, uh, there's been two pullouts. Bellator is coming up in two weeks. So obviously, we'll talk a lot about that in, in Bellator in Ireland. Uh, we'll talk about that a lot about that next week. Um, Paul Redmond is out through. I think it was a knee injury. He said, "I'm not 100 percent sure." Uh, and um, Brian Moore is out as well. So you know, arguably two of the best fighters in Ireland right now at the moment. Uh, still an unbelievable card, but two big blows to the card, and then the, the two of them lads off it. Yeah, yeah, it's disappointing, but yeah, these, these things happen uh, yeah, sometimes in MMA. They do, yeah. A lot, you know. <laughs> yeah, a lot, yeah, and it's, you know, it was, especially for Paul Ribbon. It's, it's all right, it's probably only, like, it probably puts it down to like 28 fights. <laughs> yeah, jeez, there's so many guys. But it was funny, I, you know, I interviewed uh, Redzer there at, at the media there a few weeks ago, and, you know, we were kind of talking about. Uh, what a waste of time. Thanks, Redzer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I got asked him about he that bad nose break and he was out for a good while and he came back and I was kind of saying like that last fight you know he was crying after it and stuff and it was really his comeback and he was you know felt a lot I was like is this you know the fight now to kind of come back and you're back to normal and you know he was you know he, he he didn't you know he was kind of saying yeah but not in those so many words but it's a, just a pity an injury is kind of sending back and Brian Moore is kind of the same because he had injuries as well coming up to his last fight and that fight brought him back and this was the fight now to get back into his rhythm and he's injured again I don't think the Brian Moore one is as bad as the Reds one he said on Instagram yesterday he'd be back training again in two weeks so that's not so bad and I was talking to Reds and he said uh, he'd be back you know training well before Christmas so uh, he'll be back in early in the, in, the ne- in the new year and I think Brian Moore said he'll be back in November December time as well so they're not you know they're not huge injuries not putting them out for six months or you know eight months or whatever like that yeah but, but they'll be disappointed to miss this this you know have the crowd behind them big big hometown um crowd like it's obviously it's, it's great to travel around like with the american fight as well but some of these kind of uh some of these guys like these irish guys will won't get to experience like uh, a full raucous crowd like too often it's a shame to miss them like Brian Moore missed uh, missed a lot of them in the past uh, mm-hmm. when the explosion of MMA happened so for him especially it's, he probably he probably really wants to to fight in these kind of circumstances yeah 100% and Cage Warriors as well this week announced that uh, Ian Gary is going to be on the card in Cork uh, Reese McKee uh, and the, the two Maguire brothers and stuff below in Cork so that's going to bring a raucous crowd down from Cork as well to that and I'm sure that'll be very good I don't think they said Paul Hughes is on it yet so you know, hopefully he will be, but I don't think he was on that graphic. Maybe I'm mistaken now, but I, I don't think he was. So hopefully he will be on that card as well. And Joe McCalgum is on it as well, so that's that's very good. Joe, Joe, big fan of the podcast. He was listening last week, so fair play to Joe for tweeting it out and, and uh, giving us a shout out and stuff. So fair play to him. Um, right, KSW50 uh, went down last weekend, uh, or uh, last weekend, last uh, last night. <laughs> um, it wasn't the best card in the world. You know, we come on here all, after almost every KSW and say it was absolutely brilliant. It usually is. Uh, but this one was a bit boring <laughs> wasn't the greatest in the world I'm sure the, you know the next one will be great again but uh, the, the main, commentary oh the god. commentary oh my god what the fuck have is you going on? ever seen you know we criticised and DC I thought was absolutely terrible uh, you know the, the compared to these well, guys he was fucking god flawless almighty. I think it's Vander or something you remember the play by play commentary like for the main event if you haven't seen this card go back and watch the first round of the Phil DeVries fight and it was don't watch any more of it because it was like one of the worst fights I've ever seen oh yeah uh, I'll, we'll get that in a second um he just shot all over Phil DeFries. He's the champion. He shot all over him for like two rounds saying he was glacial and slow and everything. Like your job as a commentator, commentator is to go in and put the fighter over, put the fight over, you know, say this is a great fight. Maybe not say it's a, you know, call what's happening. But don't go in from 
five seconds Make it sound in, exciting as yeah, well. And say this lad is shit like. What, why, why are you doing that? Like, that's to me, that's awful. What do you think of him? Yeah, it wasn't just that as well with the commentary. It was, it was all night. Uh, uh, just terrible. Uh, just shite, not about nothing in the middle of fights instead of calling the action. Uh, just... I don't know what was going on. Um, like I haven't noticed it being that bad before. Yeah, no, it was. Like, it's it's always pretty bad, to be honest. It's always that bad, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it hard like to a, get coming distract, good distractingly bad. Yeah, <laughs> last, last night it was pretty bad. Right? Um, but yeah, look, that main event was horrendous. Phil Phil De Vries definitely won it. I think. I think uh, there was one judge. I wouldn't trust him. I wouldn't trust him. He's such a fucking hot dog contest. <laughs> I wouldn't trust him for the fucking Tesco car, uh, birthday card. Never mind the fucking uh, KSW bit of it. But uh, yeah, look, I, I thought the Vries won it, but it was one of those fights that I don't really, you know, it was just so bad that it's hard to even talk about, to be honest. Uh, like uh, if that awful. judge fell asleep during the fight, like uh, yeah. it would be understandable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't criticize him too much. You can't. But, uh, but uh, yeah, look, that was a solid 2.2. Of men, of it. I know, I'm, and I'm that's not going into ratings, but in the ratings for the, the, <laughs> the, the cowboy, um, Gaethje fight, I'm gonna give that a 6.1. I thought it was very good, a good fight, a little bit one sided, so that's why it's not a bit higher, but 6.1 there for me for that. Uh, but anyway, the, the rest of the KSW, I thought it was a bit cowboy didn't really do anything, did he? Yeah, uh, he took, uh, took a few shots, <laughs> he played his part. Um, We'll talk about the Irish people in a second. Thomas Narcoon got a lovely knockdown into um, a guillotine, wasn't it? He got the submission anyway. A very good win there. Uh, Roberto Saldic, you know, uh, Mikel uh, Petriak was tough. He took some amount of shots. Yeah, Saldic arm and guillotine. Yeah, oh, it was a guillotine, yeah, yeah. And uh, Saldic, uh, Saldic got the, the win there on, on points. Uh, and in the two Irish people, I suppose, uh, before we get to the non-part, Catherine Costigan, um, she, I thought she was all right in the first round. You know, uh, Alexander yeah. Rola was definitely winning it and she got the, the finish plowed under pressure in, in the second um, you know catching Gaskin I think she's 39 now she doesn't really fight that often has a lot of injuries and stuff and you know looking at her early career you're thinking she's needing you know big improvements if she wants to move on and fight uh, these good people but I just you know with the injuries and everything I don't think she's ever been able to, to make them and at this stage of her career I think it's pretty unlikely that they ever come to be honest what did, what did you think of it? Yeah uh, Catherine lost again uh, she obviously um she had a decent record at the, a good record at the start but I, I uh, if I remember correctly I actually thought she lost both of the, the decisions at, against uh, uh, Cabello and against uh, Wendy McKenna so uh, obviously they were close fights we went to decision but uh, I just think she didn't yeah she's, she's older she, she's had injuries she doesn't fight that often probably because of injuries and um you know, when she started her career, pro career, like nine years ago, the the level was a lot lower than it is now, and uh, I just think she's she like it's 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 harsh to say, but she's basically going nowhere. Yeah, uh, and you know, Lim- Limerick's on. And, and if you and, and if you get if you have like bad back injuries and yeah. stuff, and doing MMA, like probably you know, it's probably a risky thing to be doing, like in your back and your your spine and all that so important like yeah. obviously like you know uh, if something bad happened there like you know it, it would affect the rest of your life and it, it, she's probably getting paid pittance you know yeah. to, for these fights it's just not worth it I don't think for her 
probably not. Do she should retire? Yeah, yeah. It'd probably be the it'd probably be a way to go. You know, this, and you know maybe she only fights every so often, so maybe she's just doing a kind of you know to to keep her eye in and stuff, which you know didn't too bad. You know there there isn't that many fights going around for, and she's too small as well for the 115 pound division. You know, I think she was 110 in the scale there the other day, so she's definitely a one of five, I think, and it's hard to get fights there as well. So you know, yeah, pr- probably. But uh, Norman Park, uh, he he's the new KSW interim uh, lightweight champion. The last year's Severe May Irish Fighter of the Year. And, you know, I think he's won, what, seven of nine fights since he left the UFC. And the other two have been those uh, insane fights against, um, what's his name? His name escapes me. Give me his camera. One was a no contest, <laughs> one was a close last day. Didn't yeah, fight, it was, uh, yeah, crazy fights. Uh, I think they need to make that fight again. They do, yeah. I'd love, I'd love to see that. Um you know, it was a vintage Norman Park fight here, really, against the, the Polish zombie at the weekend. The first two rounds very close. I thought yeah. Park did enough in the in the third and fourth. I thought he did enough in the fifth the as well. Or the, the second. What, oh, go on. What were you saying? The second. I thought he won the second as well. No? Yeah, I, I thought he did as well. I thought they were close, but I, I, get, you know, I thought the Polish zombie won the first. I gave Norman Park the second, third, fourth, and fifth, to be honest. That yeah. fifth I'd, I'd have happen. to watch it again because yeah. when, when your stream's stopping and a couple times around or more some some rounds it's, it's, it is a bit hard to, to know what's going on like Norman Park fights maybe are a little bit easier than a stand-up <laughs> fight but yeah. you know what I mean it actually is like but uh, like the property give a, a scorecard you need to, to watch it without buffering Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I, I thought that was it. I, it was a tough enough fight to score. It depends what you see. It depends what you like, to be honest. I definitely think Park won. And, you know, if, if you're scoring that against Park, I just don't think it's a particularly good card. Uh, he definitely won the, the third and fourth, I thought. Uh, I thought he won the second, close. Uh, he could have won the first. Uh, you know, this could have been a 5 Five nil part, but I I think the Polish zombie won the first. The the fifth was one of those ones where you go to the tertiary scoring system because there really wasn't any effective grappling, really wasn't any effective striking. Uh, but Park pushed him f- against the fence and ha- had forward motion. That's when you got octagon control, I think, to score that fifth for Park because nothing really much happened. Uh, but look, it was as I said, vintage Park fight. He went forward with his strikes, landed a few strikes, good clinch. Yeah, you know, was- drawn rounds just don't really seem like you know judges obviously are encouraged to go either way but like uh i know two judges actually gave the the, the fifth round to to uh the polar zombie which i think is a bit i don't know i was surprised by that but obviously as i said i need to go back and watch it yeah uh, look and that start around as well the judges are looking for shots like so i have to see like one big leg kick or one big shot there you know they're giving and it to the yeah person. whatever vantage point they have at the side of the cage as well yeah, that's true as well that is definitely true and especially for that katona fight as well that's the sort of thing that can happen there but however um right let's move on um i want to actually clarify my my point from last week about uh, maybe I'm just digging a further hole for myself here, but the BJJ doesn't work in MMA thing. I was, I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> like, like, what was it, Ben Herman or was that? <laughs> I don't know why. What's that about? He, he's like, oh, he just he doesn't work, and then he, uh, <laughs> the no Garrett, no Garrett is armbar him. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what was his name? Oh yeah, oh the big tall ginger lad, wasn't it? Yeah. Herman. Ed, was oh yeah, Herman. Herman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed Herman no, or not, not Ed, Ed Herman? Herman. No, was the other Herman. Ed or yeah. some Herman. I don't know. What's can't his remember. Name? Yeah, me neither. Um, Pee-wee. Uh, it, like to me, jujitsu works. But I was talking to someone. They said they, what I was thinking. It, it's <laughs> we're, we're we're actually talking about does jujitsu work? It, no, it, it works as a plan C. It it works no, as a no, plan no, no, C. No, 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 no. It does. It no, does. Jujitsu is involved in everything, like frames and uh, even on the feet. And, uh, come yeah. On. No, but it, if your plan is to go out and win with jujitsu, 
at the highest level, I don't think that's a good plan. I don't think you're working there. If your plan is to go out and take someone down and beat them up and then submit them, that's a good plan. If your plan is to beat them up on the feet, take them down and then submit them, that's a good plan. If your plan is to go out and pull guard and go, I'm doing nothing yeah, but jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu involved in, is involved in, is, you need to use jiu-jitsu moves in all of these things. Yeah, 100%. Like while you're but, beating them down, while you're taking them down. Yeah. You also if you just have, go in with pure wrestling, like uh, mm-hmm. pure best wrestler ever, you're going to get destroyed. That's true true but my point is everyone is so well-rounded right if you go in with pure striking it's not going to work if you go in with pure wrestling it's it's not going to work you have to change things up and do different things jiu-jitsu you need jiu-jitsu the, the my point is that everyone like if you're going right and you have good takedown defense and you're an unbelievable striker you're going to win that fight every time if you have unbelievable jiu-jitsu you're not going to win that fight every time because people <laughs> jiu-jitsu is and this is gonna sound like a, the dickhead is most dickheadish thing i've ever said jiu-jitsu is easier to defend than striking for high level top fighters it just is like it just it, it's been proven down through well, the last few years been around for a lot longer so like the intricacies and, and yeah, probably are... fair enough but i'm talking about what's happening right now like damian maya got when he got to a title fight you know his jiu-jitsu didn't didn't get him there most lads when they get there their jiu-jitsu isn't like people talk about Rafael Lovato Jr that was a you know that was a close fight against uh, Musasi but you know he he had very good wrestling he hung on to him and he you know he did different things as well I just feel like I'm not saying jiu-jitsu is useless you don't need jiu-jitsu don't bother learning jiu-jitsu if you don't have it you know someone's you're just going to get submitted but I feel like the people's at the high level the level people reach is enough to nullify that of the people who are way, way, way better than them. You know, McGann put up a tweet last night about shoe face. Well, saying, I think it's, I think it's, what is there, like, uh, this is years ago, but there was, like, what was it, 14 submissions or 12 submissions that are, like, make up 95% of submissions in MMA or mm-hmm. something like that. You know, and uh, most guys know how to do basic defenses or a couple of basic defenses to, to all of those potential submissions or when was the last time you saw an armbar in men's MMA like when, I don't when was the last well, like in a title fight with Demetrius Johnson you know yeah, he, but yeah okay that was that was brilliant and all but that was brilliant and all that was brilliant and all like forget about that who did he do it against though um, was it Ray Borg or someone? Yeah, no, not the, not the, and he did it with the suplex stuff. Like, okay, Ray Borg. <laughs> like the thing is, I just feel like jujitsu is very good, but it's it's not an X factor that it once used to be. Like, it's it's not high grace anymore. You get a guy to the ground, you're going to submit him. Like, Cron Gracie is not going to get to the top right now because he's one of the best jiu-jitsu players. Like, last night, McGann put up that thing about uh, Shoeface being one of the best jiu-jitsu players in MMA. Like, he got on the back of Uriah Hall, who's not a top fighter. Uriah Hall is a top 15 barely fighter. And he, you know, Uriah Hall pulled the arm, almost got a straight arm on him, got down, he got him off his back, survived and won the fight. And spent a lot of that time on the ground or with Shoeface connected to him. You can, if you're good enough, if you have, um, you know, enough training, you can nullify the jiu-jitsu Jiu-jitsu of top top jujitsu players. Well, in the you're world. using jujitsu to nullify. The yeah, jiu-jitsu. that's a, that, that's my whole so point. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, <clears throat> I, I'm, you I'm saying when you say oh jujitsu doesn't work, that people are like, well, clearly it does. Like. It doesn't. It doesn't work to win. <laughs> oh. It don't. No, it doesn't. I don't care. You're, you're if your plan is to go in there and win a fight with jujitsu at the very top level, you're fucked. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Like it's just not. Oh, like it, it may not be the the. the <laughs> 
you know the most successful route to to finishes or whatever but it's definitely vital to the that you have if you want to be the best fighter in the world you need 100%. high level jiu-jitsu and that's not my point <laughs> that, that's not my you yeah you you do but if you want to be the best fighter in the world and your plan is to go in and do it with jiu-jitsu only you're fucked that's not and it's, not only yeah but it needs to be in there like that's, it, it that's works. your plan yeah? if, you're, if you're a good striker part of a really good mma fighter in order to work it needs jiu-jitsu yeah it's true all right let's move on because i feel like i just made that a lot worse <laughs> <laughs> i shouldn't have. let's just cut that out um at sean g and ba and sean g and bjj on twitter uh um, so sign up for patreon and make them watch an hour and a half hoist gracie fights for reviews the rewatch this week highlights. Brind- brendan shaw versus that dude who he nullified for like two hours and metamoros or whatever it's called um and then celebrated yeah next week's card is you know, not, not a bad card. Some of the undercards, Tijara Eubanks versus uh, Betch Cohea, the, the fans' favourite. Paul Craig is back against Vinicius Mahia. Angela Hill, your favourite, Graham. She's on this card against someone. Paul Reyes, always exciting. He's on the card. Uh, Brandon Moreno's back. I love watching Brandon Moreno. Hashtag fly, never die. Carla Esparza, Alex, Alexa yeah. Grasso. Uh, and the main event. Tyson, Tyson Nam and Sergio Perez should be good for it as well. Oh, yeah. Is that on this? Oh, yeah. I just see it here on the below. Yeah. And uh, Irene Aldana versus Vanessa Mello is also on this card. I love watching Irina Eldana. So yeah, that Tyson Am has you know he's been around in a while. See, he? he was he was in um, what are they called the World Series? Did he knock out, he knocked out uh, Eduardo Dantas in like Did some he? weird promotion when he was Bellator champion. He beat Ali Bagatinov as well. I'm just looking at his record. Or am here, I, yeah. am I thinking no, you're right. Person. Yeah, no, he did in Chuta Brazil in 2012. Jeez, that's some memory there. You know, fair play. Yeah. And it was weird because I remember he was like Bellator champion. And then all of a sudden I was like on whatever website I was streaming off, and I was like, oh, Tyson Nam's fighting. Edward O'Donnell, that's strange. And then he's gotten knocked out. I was like, oh, yeah. that didn't go well. Okay. I remember that now. Yeah, that was mad, actually. I remember Because it kind yeah. of flew under the radar did, completely. Yeah, and then yeah, all yeah. of a sudden, on the, on the night, I was like, oh, that's strange. Yeah. And then, Jesus, that was seven years ago. That's hard to fucking believe, isn't it? Fuck wow, me. That, yeah. Jesus that's Christ. Been watching. Like, that's one of those fights that I remember perfectly well watching. And, you know, I remember people being kind of shocked by it. And it was seven years ago. Jesus. But anyway, uh, yeah, that, that should be fun. Um... You know, maybe not not the best card in the world. Yaya Rodriguez, Jeremy yeah. Stevens. That'll be fun as shit, though, won't it? Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's going to be a great fight. Like, uh, obviously, Jeremy Stevens, he's he's been around ages, but he's looking looking probably close to, if not the best he's ever looked. But I think Yaya Rodriguez is. I think he's going to win this. I think he's he's more dynamic. He he, he has more to his game. Uh, he's obviously. Um, He's obviously, uh, you know, he, he's beaten people like Dan Hooker, Alex Caceres, obviously BJ Penn, but, uh, you know, he beat the Korean Zombie. Like, you know, the Korean Zombie, obviously that was a crazy fight. And the last second of the last round, he, he lands an elbow and he, he just shows that he's always dangerous, Jerry Rodriguez, and you never really know what he's going to throw because he because he's flashy and he's unorthodox and he's he's you know even in the when he lost to frank yeager he he, he was throwing shots that he probably shouldn't have been throwing in the circumstance mm-hmm. but he's always trying to get the finish and he's exciting so i'm looking forward to this fight i think yeah rodriguez is gonna have enough to to beat stevens especially over over five rounds 100 mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree i think he'll win as well and you know that fight as you mentioned against the korean zombie coming back after that frank yedgar loss and the whole thing about him being cut from the ufc and being brought back as well and 
uh, that fight was huge for him and he proved in that fight that he can fight someone who's really brilliant like Chan Sung Jung and come through you know the latest knockout in UFC history latest finish in UFC history in a fight that was very close and got down to the wire forever you, know, you can never get a later one yeah you can't get a later one yeah literally last second of the fifth round uh, and I think Chan Sung Jung is a better fighter than, than Jeremy Stevens at this point anyway in, the, in their careers uh, but I think it'll be really fun Jeremy Stevens, you know the hardest hitting 145 pounder uh, in the world you know, he <laughs> okay. He lost to Zabit and he lost to Jose Aldo in his last couple, but he also beat Josh Emmett, knocked him out. And, you know, look how good Josh Emmett has looked recently, and he knocked out Duho Choi as well, fan favorite, and uh, Gilbert Melendez. He went to decision with him. So, you know, Jeremy Stevens is no joke, a very good fighter, and it'll be a very good win if if Yair can get it. I, you know, I wouldn't be that surprised if Stevens won because he's a no, good no, fighter. No, no, me neither. He, he has big punching pair as well, yeah. and he's 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 definitely you know he's improved i think recently uh so uh, i just think i just think yeah rodriguez is gonna have too much but obviously as you say if jeremy stevens ekes out a decision or or wins a decision and or or even lands a big shot uh that i, I don't really see him put, putting them away unless unless it's in the first round but He's been known to Jeremy Stevens been known to load up on his shots and tire himself out, but obviously in, in his last couple of fights he hasn't done that as much. And with with five rounds, he probably if he's gonna if he's gonna fight smart, he probably won't do that here. So he's probably not that likely to knock out Rodriguez in this fight. But uh, yeah, there's always a possibility when when Jeremy Stevens bites down on the mouthpiece and starts swinging as hard as he can. Uh-huh. And this fight is on in you know in Mexico as well and. You know, Mexico is obviously a big place for pro wrestling and boxing, and you know it's Mexican. Uh, I, I think this week it was Mexican Independence uh, Week, so you know that coming up and uh, on, on this start of week is is a good time for them, I'm sure, and I'm I'm sure there'll be a party atmosphere there and stuff, and you know with Alexa Grasso and all the other people on the card as well, uh, in Reina Aldana, that that'll be a, a great card for Mexico, and you know, you know we talked about Japan with with Sakuraba the other day and how he became such a big star because of you know he had the, the pro wrestling background and you know MMA and and it, it was you know a, a cultural kind of thing there it became that you know we, we've seen that as well in Ireland you know we've obviously a big uh, boxing heritage here and when McGregor came in it was easier maybe for people to transition and enjoy it. you know the whole fighting Irish thing and all you know it's I know it's a bit stereotypical and stuff but you know, that's the truth as well and I think it's the same in Mexico I know if Yair Rodriguez went in here and won I'm sure he'll gain a lot of fans in Mexico just like Ken Velasquez has in the past and stuff like that and you know all, in boxing it was always big to have a Mexican champion and if uh, Yair Rodriguez could come in and become a Mexican contender and become maybe a champion in the future you know he's improving uh, and a very very good and exciting fighter as well uh, it, it could be big for the UFC big for Mexico big for Yair Rodriguez so that's uh, you know more so than just the fight itself I think it's important for that for that region especially so uh, yeah looking looking forward to seeing that should be a should be a very good fight uh, right before we go here's one or two questions uh, from over on Patreon uh, Evan Keevney, who's the and if you want to sign up, severemed.com forward slash Patreon costs like a euro a week. There's a shitload of stuff. You get like 400 podcasts in the archive as well. The second you you sign up, loads of rewatches, loads of stuff that it's not just I'm talking about this week's stuff. It's a rewatch of a fight from you know a year ago, a career retrospective of 20 years of a fighting career and stuff like that. So there's loads of stuff there, and there's yeah. new stuff every week as well. So you, you can go. go back to listen to Sean talking about football last year as Man United struggle and as Liverpool excel. Mm-hmm. And you we can. Need, we need to do. We need to do. We need to do another uh, 
another football podcast for the the Patreon. They do. Um, uh, what did we I say? Start talking about football. We need to start talking football on the the the, the podcast again. You've gone you've gone off uh, quiet. I, 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 I know it at the weekend. What did I say? Though, well, it was the... a very disappointing weekend for you. Your 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 main team going down to, to Norwich. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, supporting but... them, even trash talking Man United and yeah. hoping for Man City to win. Uh-huh. It's a terrible state of affairs. But didn't I say about Pookie, though? And, Your uh, boy Pookie, like he I turned like on Pookie. you. Yeah. Friendship <laughs> ended with Pookie. <laughs> a legend. Just three more goals and I went 50 or off, JJ. So that's uh, had the out. But yeah, look, we'll, we won't talk about that. Marcus Rashford for life. Um, who do you think is the tough <laughs> Evan, Evan Gibney. Who's the tougher matchup Pen- for... Penchester Pen- Pen- United. Yeah. Who's the we are? Who's the tougher matchup for Habib Ferguson or Gaethje? What do you think? I think that's an interesting question, Graham. What do you think? Gaethje, Gaethje. I, I tend to agree. Uh, Ferguson is a very, very, very good fighter, but I feel like that his wildness would play right into Habib's hands, and he'd just catch him and put him on his arse, and he wouldn't get up for. Actually, this is, this is kind of unrelated, but it's related to Tony Ferguson. But did I retweeted it? I thought it was really funny. <laughs> it was just me, but uh, some guy was like picking up a massive fridge and like putting it on his shoulders to carry oh, yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> and after ages he finally gets it up and he starts walking and then he hops on a bicycle <laughs> and he starts cycling with the fucking massive fridge on his fucking shoulders and somebody goes somebody put the comment uh, the caption uh, just Tony Ferguson there for a cycle <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah that was fucking brilliant what about Niall McGrath speaking of uh, 20, 50 euro bets to Tony Ferguson what about him last oh, night saying got... there must be the interest on that money uh, I wonder how much that 50 euros right now <laughs> tell, him, tell him the story about getting barred from a bar to get to it or oh yeah Reese McKee was, was slagging him on Twitter being like oh, I don't believe you about some, I don't believe your story you're lying mm-hmm. and uh, and then I replied being like oh, I'm in the pub now uh, where you were you had a couple of points here last week and and uh, Reese was like on oh, some pub and he was like no and Niall tried to put like a code name like mm-hmm. Mac S I was like okay I just replied being like I thought you were barred from Max Orley's just joking because Niall's a degenerate drunk yeah um <laughs> sorry no but uh uh no replied being like yeah uh, that, that, that's in the, i was barred but that's in the past <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even know he was barred, i'm but... pretty sure he's dead serious because Niall doesn't really make jokes no he doesn't <laughs> That was brilliant. I love the way you you just slagged about something that you just made up and it turned out to be true. I was like, I was reading. I was like, Graham has how, to know. Do you think, how would I know that? Like, how would I know that? If, uh, he's probably thought he was he'd drunk one night and told me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. remember. Well, you're that much of an alcohol problem, you just don't know what you tell people. Come, uh, you can't so, do uh, we, should, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't laugh about alcoholism. No, it's very it serious. Is, it is a serious disease, in fairness. And touch Gordon, I'll pray, pray for Hashtag pray hashtag for Nam yeah. What about poor PT last week? You pray for PT out in fucking Abu dab and he burn into death but sure look there these things happen um right uh we christopher graham asked about should connor tate to get you fight next and we, we kind of talked about that and talk about it more in the q a and the uh, last one here from ian o'neill uh who would you like to see Gunnar nelson mashed up against in copenhagen now that he needs an opponent what about uh what about tristan connelly i think that'd be a good fight uh, after he just beat um beat michael Pereira. i think he, he could have a step up him against Gunnar nelson what do you think yeah, well, I don't see why not. Um, yeah, there's nothing really that stands out there that you like. Oh, that needs to be the fight. So, so yeah. Yeah, I, I think a rematch with Ponzinibbio wouldn't be the worst as well. Although, you know, for Ponzinibbio though, yeah, yeah, maybe not. But I think he's kind of struggling to get fights, and he hasn't fought in a while. And yeah, well, if if he's looking for somebody to fight, like, but uh, I don't think it's you know it's too beneficial for him. Like, I don't see the there's obviously an upside of getting in there, getting paid, and getting another win. But it's a risky fight for him. I think. Uh, 
It's only two. It's only two weeks away as well, actually. So maybe it, you know, maybe it's too close for uh, for Tristan County. Maybe it's too close for a lot of people. Yeah, it's a tough yeah. one. Yeah, you wouldn't know. Yeah, but sure, look, we'll we'll see what happens anyway. All right, uh, I managed to get through the podcast without dying. Hopefully, it didn't sound too bad. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, it survives. And uh, congratulations, Graham, on Dublin winning the All Ireland. Fair play to you. Well done. Oh yeah, what is it? Five times. Five in a row. Yeah. Although they drew two, so it's technically five out of seven. You know, if if they, they drew two. Yeah, they drew, they they drew last week and it was replay, and they drew on. Yeah, something like you know, uh, if, if Justin Ga- if Justin Gaethje <laughs> wins, goes out and wins four fights, then draws one, and then wins so another, he hasn't won five Limerick, in a row. If Limerick like. had to had to do a replay along the way, it means they didn't, that they didn't fucking. No, win no, we we no, <laughs> we we lose. <laughs> is totally different <laughs> we lose for 45 years and then we win one and we just go off it for the next 45 years that's all that matters so. yeah Dublin just went so often that it's just normal yeah it was funny really I, I, I was talking to Fitzy and uh, I was like oh, I'm fucking died sick and he's like oh you seem to get sick every time Dublin win not Ireland and I was like yeah I get sick once a year <laughs> yeah I think uh, I think that's the way it goes Dublin just win it all the time so I say you, I say you were sick last night watching watching or yesterday watching Liverpool and Man City uh, I didn't watch any Liverpool any Man City matches on during uh during the All Ireland final, so I was watching that, and I didn't watch Liverpool match. It was in bed. Didn't did you, did you tune in for match of the day? Did you to see United? No. Man United beat beat Leicester. I watched. No? I watched the Man United match. Yeah, I watched that, but I didn't see the other two. So, did you, you want to be tuning into into match of the day because you know you won't be winning many this season, so you won't get you won't be watching them much. I always do. Are you the sort of fellow as well who, if you win, you just like watch match of the day like three times because yeah. it's so great? Not but three times. Lose. I watch it once. But if I if, if Liverpool lose, or be like fuck this yeah, def- no, or a draw, I'll be like fucking don't need to watch that again. I, I said it though. <laughs> Everyone laughed at me when I said it at the start of the years that uh, company gone. If Laporte got one injury, Man City are going to be. Everybody fucked. laughed at me. So they, they did. They did. <laughs> and I was fucking dead right. I as all just like Frank Edgar, I was dead right. Like Liverpool have the League One. I fully believe. I said they'd win it before the, the year started. They have the League One. There's five games gone. They have the League One. Laporte is out for fucking six months. Company's gone. Yeah, they fucking they stones and they, they can play Fabinho or not Fabinho, uh, Fernandinho, uh, yeah, centre back. They can play fucked. like, like you know, uh, stones. They obviously they obviously played shite against Norwich and. But like the chances of, of another team going against there having three shots and scoring three goals. Yeah, but all, all they need to do is but, lose one every but ten Ederson, games. Ederson doesn't really doesn't really save shots, so maybe that's part of the problem. Um, <laughs> obviously he's he's a very good uh, all round goalkeeper, but he, he doesn't seem to be in the right place at the right time like a lot of other top 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 goalkeepers like De Gea with his shot stopping historically and. Allison last season for Liverpool just seemed to be positioned well and O'Black and you know Neuer in, in the past obviously Neuer's fallen off a cliff but I think there's, there's a big gap between the, 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 the very top class goalkeepers and the next and Liverpool obviously have Adriana in goal and it hasn't been it nearly became a problem against Southampton where he kicked the ball off things into his own net but it hasn't cost points yet but like it's kind of really need to get Alison back in there because having a weakness like that at the back like not that he's not that he's a mini layer or anything but he, compared to Alison, he, he he's 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 nowhere near mm-hmm. it was good to see De Gea back to his best as well he made two fantastic well one fantastic save and one good save as well at the weekend so you know Oh, hopefully it was how much are they paying him uh, yeah, it's uh, crazy 120 grand a week or 220 grand a week or something but he hasn't signed yet. 300 a grand a week or something you know? I'd uh, you know I'd rather have De Gea even if he makes you know the mis- he made a lot of mistakes towards the end of last season he made one or two in one game this season but I'd still rather have him than 
because it's so hard to get a good goalie like even if he made more mistakes than he ever made before I'd still rather have him because you know unless you're buying all black or something like that but he's going to be hard to get as well and cost like 200 million so I'd rather fucking De Gea sign a new five year contract like you know what I mean it's you don't want to end up with like a young goalie who turns out to be fucking Carrius or Minula or something like Man United had that problem for a long time with Bosnic and uh, Roy Carroll and Tim Howard and all them lads and you know Liverpool have had that problem it's not that easy just to I'd rather have De Gea even if he was worse than he used to be do you know what I mean but yeah. Anyway. Well, you have a you have a good sub goalkeeper, but yeah, the hell, like uh, it'd be a big risk. Man United don't really need to let him go and replace him. Man United don't really need to take risks at the moment. Yeah, that is true. All right, we better go. We have a fucking goalkeeper podcast here, but anyway. <laughs> Champions of Europe. Uh, yeah, you never understand. Go on, sing it, Graham. We won the fucking lot. <laughs> Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks very much for listening. Sign up patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. Follow me at Sean Sheehan Ba. Follow Graham at severe and because I usually don't do that. Tweet in your questions all week at severe and pod Q and A out Tuesday. Uh, hopefully, we'll have more videos coming up in the next while. I won't be doing it this week because I'm too fucking sick and no one wants to look at my big snotty face. Uh, but next week, uh, and uh, you know, we're going to have a few videos every month because I have like a new program now and it's going to be all fancy and schnazzy and all. So, all the videos will be up on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. Four or five podcasts every week. Uh, Bellator coming up in two weeks. I'll be up there having interviews and stuff like that um, and loads of more stuff so thank you very much for listening all that's left to do is the inspirational quote of the week always trust that feeling inside the intuition it's never wrong we'll see you next Tuesday or Sunday or Monday